You are listening to the Fretzelmania podcast on Anchor.fm. Yo, you dealing with the X Factor. I got everything I ever Yo. wanted, and I'll never Yo. get that back. Yo. Oh, I know you hate the that factor, but you ain't got to look at me like that. I said you ain't got to look at me like that. Revolution. I know you're watching. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Fretzelmania podcast. I... And Mr. Fretz, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Legendary JF. You can find this podcast, F R E T Z L E Mania, on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and wherever uh, podcasts can be heard. Excuse me. You can also find me Sundays on Wrestle Addict Radio on the Game Changer Podcast with Good Brother, Good Friend. Nate the effing great at real effing game and addict underscore wrestle. Be sure to use the hashtag pro talk wrestling when we're, when you are watching wrestling from anywhere, whether it's WWE, NXT, AEW, AAA, Impact, uh, your season mode on 2K or your career mode on Fire Pro Wrestling. Anywhere, folks, use that hashtag pro talk wrestling and you'll get a shout out on her shows. We usually record anywhere between Wednesday and Friday, depending on our work schedules. So any wrestling that you watch in between shows, yeah, you'll you'll get the shout out. And also, listen to the Wrestle Addict radio page. I am, this is just my own show. This is not affiliated with them, but since they're my good friends and colleagues, I'm going to give them the shout out to the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast, to Not Your Mama Soap Opera, to the Kings of the Rings podcast. And the Monday Night Delight himself, Mance, with the Gift of Podcast, and of course, you know, me and Nate on um, on Game Changer. So, I was going through my pay-per-view book notes here, and I noticed there was an event that I I didn't cover, that I didn't uh, do on this show yet, because I remembered uh, exactly what was happening. So, in April, I was going to have a Backlash-themed uh, plan here. Me and Nate were going to alternate between a couple of shows and then tag team on another couple of shows. But unfortunately, you know, I got really, really sick. I couldn't talk. And I bet everyone was thrilled not to hear the sound of my voice for a couple of weeks. And at the same time, I got transitioned. Uh, transitioned. I'm leaving that in. I don't know how to edit, folks. So deal with my mistakes. Um, I got transitioned into the overnight shift. Uh, we had a. Uh, some people leave, leave my, my work. And, uh, yeah, I got, I got put into that slot. Like the people that left were all on the night crew. So I get put into there myself. You know, I work for family. I work for my brother. So I would do anything for him, do anything for my family. And also before I forget, uh, Dave, you won't hear this, but congratulations to my brother, Dave and my new sister-in-law, Stacy. I can finally call you that now, my sister-in-law, although they've been together for about a decade now, and they have two kids. They have my niece and my nephew. They've basically been, quote, they've quote unquote, basically been married or common law, whatever. So Saturday, it was made official. They wanted to wait until the kids were old enough to kind of, you know, be the ring bearer and the flower girl. You know, they're four and three. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, big, big shout out to them. Uh, 
thank you for having me be a part of it. It was an honor to be your best man. And it was a very, very good time. I had a little bit of the bubbly. Maybe a lot of bit of the bubbly. But anyways, they won't hear this. I hope not because I swear a little bit. And, you know, kids, Uncle Jamie's going to say some bad words. So uh, put your earbuds on. uh, Listen to your iPads. And uh, uh, play your your games. (laughs) Uh, David, catch some Pokemon. So... I was going to review Backlash 01 that took place in Chicago. And if you listen to my uh, my review of WrestleMania X7 on the archives at the, at the Game Changer Network with Nate, this was pre-WrestleMania Radio, uh, We I reviewed WrestleMania X7 with him. I already did what my Wayback Machine was in that show because every retro pay-per-view that I do... Uh, whether it's with Wrestle Attic Radio or here, I like to do a bit of a Wayback Machine to see what was in, you know, games, movies, TV, uh, music, etc. That's that's why I started doing the Twenty Bell Salute on the Wrestle Attic Radio Patreon, is because I like to review everything that's happening each month. So October, next month is October. Actually, next week's October almost. And somewhere in there will be No Mercy 1999. Also, what's October? Halloween. And what do I watch every year on Halloween? The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. So there is your sneak preview. Maybe I'll do a countdown. Maybe I'll do a top 10 Treehouse of Horror clips. Who knows? Actually, you know now because... That's my plan. Anyways, wasting no time getting into Backlash 2001 from Chicago. CM Punk, CM Punk. He wasn't wrestling yet. LOD, LOD. They weren't in the WWE. Anyone else? Anyone? Okay. So Sunday Night Heat, we had Jerry Lynn defeating Crash Holly for the light heavyweight title. And Jerry Lynn, who is now the whole ref and show, I think he's retired from the ring. And if you watched the movie Fighting With My Family, you know, the Paige movie, Paige here, uh, you saw that one of the fictional divas in in FCW NXT was named Jerry Lynn. And I popped huge for that. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And Jerry Lynn himself is like, okay, who's behind this rib? Who did that? I'm like, oh no, he is going to cradle pile drive somebody. All right. So, Backlash 01, April 01. I was in 11th grade, and no, that's all I can say. So, kicking off the show is the X Factor versus the Dudley Boys in a six man tag. So, that meant Albert, Just Incredible, and X Pac going up against Bubba Ray, Devon, and little Spike Dudley. And Spike was just absolutely indestructible the man could take bumps he could take lumps he could take punishment like no one's business and i think that's why he got booked into these matches that's why he was booked to kind of put some of the new talent over like i remember him wrestling scott hall actually it was right before scott hall's match against steve austin one of the few actual tv matches hall had because well unfortunately he was having substance abuse problems at this point in time i think he was 
trying to go through detox and it was a mess. Thank, thank the Lord and thank DDP that he's alive and well now and that he's doing very good for himself. You know, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Uh, right on, right on Scotty, right on. So I didn't take really extensive notes for this back then. I usually don't anyways. So I just remember this match going back and forth. I think there was a table spot teased or there was a table spot at the end of the match. I can't remember, but we saw like ref distraction spot and X-Pac and uh, just incredible hit the double super kick for the win. And I remember these two people kind of being like, either members of the clique or um, subsidiaries, like offshoot members of the clique. Well, say like, I think Aldo was kind of like a, like a bag carrier for them or kind of like a, a friend of the friend of them. Like how, like, well, Xbox I think was right in the clique and because he was friends with anyways. Ah, thank you, Coca-Cola. Um, yeah. So these two were, they were affiliated with the clique and it was kind of cool to see them and, in this and backstage we had, you know, the Duchess of Queensberry being ushered into the arena with William Regal. We saw Kurt Angle getting psyched up for his upcoming match with Chris Benoit and the ultimate submission. Oh, 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 oh. oh man, I can't wait for that. It's going to be good. Coming up next is one of my favorite guilty pleasure matches of all time. One of my favorite matches that if I'm just, not feeling it, or if I'm bored, or if I just feel like watching it, I put on this hardcore championship match between Raven and Rhino. I think, you know, uh, Paul Heyman was on commentary here. Uh, of course, we know Jerry Lawler had taken a protesting leave of absence after the firing of his wife, Stacy the Cat Carter. Uh, so Heyman was brought in, well, it was right after ECW went out of business, so the timing couldn't have been better. So Raven with his awesome, you know, caw, 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 like entrance music, which is a lot better than his uh, Come As You Are by Nirvana ripoff in WCW, how everyone else had WC in WCW had these uh, ripoffs, like Chris Jericho had a ripoff of Even Flow by Pearl Jam, uh, Vince Russo had Iron Man by uh, Black Sabbath, and Jeff Jarrett had Cowboy by Kid Rock. Uh, I know there's more, like uh, Vampiros was was something. Uh, like the NWOs, I I don't know if it was either ripped off or like uh, some random porno used it, and they used each other, or or the porno got it from them. I don't know. I, I never saw that particular one, so I couldn't tell you. Um, yeah, then we had, I didn't mention here, but the X Factor had Uncle Cracker song, which you heard at the beginning of this show. And uh, that is, just, Uncle Cracker is just classic 2000, 2001 cringe, even though, like, Follow Me and his uh, rendition of um, Drift Away is, it's a guilty pleasure. I don't hate it. Uh, it's, cringy stuff because you know he's affiliated with kid rock and kid rock is just everyone i everyone listened to kid rock in my grade like i had his first two albums i liked bawa Taba, cowboy i liked american badass especially because 
take or use it as a theme for a while. But, you know, he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame and starts talking about body slamming Democrats and he gets booed for it. I'm like, well, you shouldn't boo someone just for having a political affiliation. Yeah, Trump is trash. But, yeah, I'm not going to – yeah. Politics, religion, you know, they say they're the two things that you don't bring up at the dinner table. And if you want to know anything about me and that, well, come have a beer with me. We'll have a chat off air. Uh because quite frankly, I think that kind of stuff should really be nobody's business, even though you'll see me posting the occasional political meme. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting away from that topic now to talk about this hardcore title match. We had nothing but a whole bunch of plunda, baby. And we saw this one spot, which is, you know, Paul Heyman on commentary saying what's good for the goose is good for the raven. No, what's Good, yeah. What's good for the goose is good for the raven, yeah. Which is usually good for the goose, good for the gander. Ha 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 ha. Uh, we see this uh, spot where uh, Raven is sat in the chair. Rhino gets uh, steel steps to get like a, a running start, a running elevated start to fly off of these steps, you know. And uh, Rhino crashes and burns like sternum first into the chair because Raven moves. Ouch. And then Raven himself uh, gets a couple of shots in before flying off the steps himself with a flying clothesline. And just looking at the weapons in Raven's cart, I'm just immediately reminded of uh, Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. Like, you know, green bastard, parts unknown. A top ten ain't no place for a kitty, Ricky. <laughs> they say I look like Bubbles. Well, I can sound like him too. I guess I have a, a cosplay. All I've got to do is grow my hair out. But no. <clears throat> I can get the Coke bottle glasses and then I'll look exactly like Mike Smith. You know, the guy that plays Bubbles. My long lost twin. Oh, and so is Drew Carey, apparently. So you look in these weapons and these carts and you see, you know, a couple of chairs, a couple of matches, like a, a wet floor sign, a mop. Like, okay, so Raven's a traveling custodian. Or maybe he's a homeless man. He's one of those homeless guys that uh, come up to your car window and squeegee them for you. And I see for some reason Frankenstein's monster's head is there. And then, you know, throughout the match, we see like, you know, drop to a hold on the stop sign. I apologize for my notes being all over the place. I wrote this in April thinking I was about to review it. But here I am like four or five months later, like, hey, I forgot about this. So we see everything up to and including the kitchen sink get into this match. Yes, the kitchen sink itself. Now we were missing Al Snow with a bowling ball spot to the nuts. And the shopping cart gets involved here. And, well, we see, of course, the spot where um, the shopping cart gets thrown into the ring. It's heavy and awkward. <laughs> Just like me, uh, we see you know a bunch of bunch of loud sign shots. We see a clothesline and a bullong, and a young CM Punk in the crowd going, "Huh, I bet I could try that." And we see like a can like this. Uh, somebody, I think, yeah, Rhino has the has the shopping cart up. Like he he picks it up. Those things are really heavy, and you know. Uh, he picks up the shopping cart as to use it as a weapon. Oh, no. Oh, Lord, please don't. But you see a can shot, and then the cart just bleh, falls right on Rhino. 
and we see it get put it wedged into the corner and um raven is kind of put in that you know that little spot on the front of the shopping cart right where you put your your small child and then it folds up when you put the shopping carts away which when you're at a store please put your shopping carts away folks if you physically can't I understand just leave it in the parking lot of the cart corral. Just don't leave it in the middle of nowhere. And I say that as a grocery employee. <laughs> um, so yeah, Raven's kind of wedged in the corner in the shopping cart there and Rhino's charging at him and he gores the shopping cart. Um, ow. That's just one of the most infamous like hardcore championship spots. And in the middle of that replay, you know, Raven has the kitchen sink in his hand, but Rhino comes in, gore, 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 and retains the hardcore title. Uh, this match is so fun. I mean, I I like it better than all of like you know Crash Holly's twenty four seven antics, whether it's at a hotel in his jammies or whether he's at the super fun happy super fun happy slide at the Funland or something. And the her and Karana in the ball pit. Those are great. But match-wise, this takes the cake. I mean, Al Snow and the big boss man um, in the 20 Bell Salute. That's a feud I'm going through right now. You know, I just finished reviewing the the Kennel from Hell match, and oh my lord, <laughs> that was terrible. And yeah, you know, the hardcore after this, the hardcore title had some. Had some moments, you know, there was not a lot of 24-7 going on in 2001, although you had like, you know, Mike Awesome win the title backstage. Uh, you had Jeff Hardy win the title in a match. You saw Jeff Hardy and, and Rob Van Dam have some matches. You know, Rob Van Dam holds the hardcore title for most of the year until The Undertaker beats him. And then Maven. And then, you know, in 2002, before they retired the hardcore division, they did, you know, 27 title changes a night house shows included and you know that's kind of how we got the 24 7 title today in a way so backstage we had you know a vignette we thinking we were going to get shane in the big show but no this was just simply a, a i think a miss put in vignette with shane and the beanstalk you know which way did he go which way did he go you know, back when Shane McMahon was just a little bit lovable. And next, we had one of the strangely booked one-off gimmick matches I've ever seen. I think there might have been one more match at, like, a house show or, like, a British pay-per-view, like, a Rebellion or something. But I don't recall. I'm going to have to dig into my, to my archives here at the commercial break and find out. Chris Jericho versus Y2J. I mean, Chris Jericho, Y2J, versus William Regal in the Duchess of Queensbury rules match. Now, what are the rules of this match? Well, we conveniently found out as the match progressed. Like, we had uh, a spot where well, William Regal tapped out because he was in the Lion Tamer. But, you know, like, ding, ding, ding. Here is your winner. The Duchess is like, nope, 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 nope. Oh, there's no submission. No, again, no, this is a, no, there's a pinfall or, or something. Anyways, it's like, you know, it, this is round one. This is a British rounds match. Like, you know, we just saw a British, a British 
rounds match with Cassius Ono and Sid Scala on NXT UK this past week. I'm like, okay, rounds. That's cool. And then, you know, Chris Jericho gets the Lion Tamer locked in. Oh, the, no, he get yeah. The first one where they had announced the rounds, there was a Lion Salt. One, two, three, nope. And now the Lion Tamer, or the Walls of Jericho, whatever you want to call it. Oh, no, this is no submission. And then, you know, they the chair gets involved in here. Oh, no, it's no disqualification. So, conveniently, this was just to get heat on William Regal and get him the the visual win. So then Chris Jericho brings this Duchess of Queensberry into the ring. I think this was a worker that they dressed up in this. I'm not going to assume anything. Uh, we're inclusive here, folks. Uh, at Fretzelmania, I try my best to be. If I ever say the wrong thing or the wrong pronouns and whatever, please let me know. And I apologize in advance. So this might have been a, a male that dressed up into this Duchess garb, unless this was a female or unless this was something. Yeah. Anyways, Regal wins, you know, a couple of chair shots because it's no DQ and yeah, there's the win. He wins this match. And I'm going to take my commercial break now because I am covering angle versus Benoit 30 minute ultimate submission match. Oh boy. Here we go. It's time. Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Ultimate Submission. Quite possibly the best match of 2001. Definitely the best match of this pay-per-view. So, Kurt Angle comes out to not you suck chance. Okay, the... Oh, this is about a year away from the USUK chance. So watching old Kurt Angle is kind of, kind of weird. You know, I half expect you know the WWE Network that if I ever get that, get on it in Canada WWE. I want it on my PS4, not on my nefarious means on my laptop. Get it done. So say you know Chicago, you know you're kind of short on winners and long on fat, sweaty pigs. And I'm going to make Chris Benoit squeal like one. And you're going to make a line for nachos and something like that. And I remember, yeah, this was back before Chicago had some success with their sports teams. You know, well, the 90s was all about the Bulls, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. You know, this was in just after their... Uh, their successful reign and, you know, like the, you know, like the Cubs and the White Sox and the, you know, the Blackhawks weren't doing so hot. Although, you know, about another eight years, eight years, nine years, however long after this, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks would finally win the Stanley Cup after 40 some odd years. And now the longest Stanley Cup streak belongs to my beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. And I don't think I'll ever live to see the day to see that happen. Ah, so I'll live vicariously through fans of other teams, although I will cheer for Toronto until the day I die. So anyways, you know, something about Michael Jordan. I think this was after he either retired or went to the Washington Wizards or something. And it's like now that you don't have Michael Jordan, you're short on winners and blah, blah, blah. 
So I didn't take extensive notes like the, cause I, I took these notes in like April. So I'm going through my paid tiers here. Just going to have to hear about how I did this. I think this was also kind of a put the pen down and enjoy the match and then rewatch it and take notes or however, however I did this. So we first see a cross fight, a cross face on the outside. Nope. Submissions only count in the ring. This is a Duchess of Queensburg. Oh wait, no, sorry. That was the last match. I'm still baffled by the Duchess. And next here we had Kurt Angle take the one nothing lead with a leg grapevine. So, okay. You're not relying on your gimmick. You're not relying on your actual finishers, which I think was very beneficial to this match because, you know, we weren't going to see the ankle lock and the cross face like five times, six times a piece. And I thought that was very good. And they could also, hey, I don't have to rely on these moves. I have other submissions in my repertoire to uh, make you tap out. I mean, and if Kurt Angle being an Olympian and an amateur – and Chris Benoit learning from uh, the hearts in the dungeon, you learn some holds that'll make people squeal. Like if you ever watched Wrestling with Shadows, you'd know that Stu Hart, even in his very, very old uh, age, can just put one little nerve hold on you and stretch him. Like, you stretch him. Yeah. And you hear all the screams coming from the dungeon. I think like Owen and Brett used to just set a tape recorder at the top of the basement and just hear people shout and just the shrill, painful screams you hear through that, that house. I mean, the stories that that heart dungeon holds is just amazing. And I think now it's either someone lives there or it's kind of considered like a museum a national artifact or something. And I want to go out to Calgary and see that. So, uh, Hey, road trip, anyone who wants to join me and, you know, Chris Benoit ties it up with an arm bar. You know, we get a chair involved in here. Uh, ankle. Okay. Now angle starts to break out his, his finisher, but I don't think he was really using it that much at the time, but he gets the ankle lock two to one. And then Kurt angle presses a and B and no mercy hits the cross face three to one. And then we see a bunch of plunder on the outside. Chris Benoit gets the pop and locks in the sharpshooter. Angle gets to the ropes, and then there's a pop in there. We see a uh, a half Boston Crab kind of done in the style of the Lion Tamer with the knee in the back and the bending and all that. And uh, Chris Benoit is down by one. It's three to two. It's the uh, beginning of the third period, and the Leafs are trying to catch back up against the Blackhawks. <laughs> So then we see um, Angle, I mean, yeah, Benoit himself presses A and B in No Mercy, although Kurt Angle didn't have the ankle lock in No Mercy. Uh, and it is three to three. It is a tie game, and the timer expires. And, you know, ben, uh, Angle is just like, oh, no, I'm out of here. And, uh, you know, Finkel announces that, nope, there has to be a winner. This is sudden death. This is overtime in hockey and in playoff hockey, which was probably starting around April, 2001, uh, 2001, the Toronto Maple Leafs would have been against either the Ottawa senators or the New York Islanders in the opening round of the 2001 playoffs. And the Stanley cup that year was won 
by the Colorado Avalanche. You know, that was when Ray Bork, you know, spent his entire career as a Boston Bruin, gets dealt to the Colorado Avalanche, finally wins his Stanley Cup. Like Joe Sackick, captain of the Avalanche, immediately hands it to Ray Bork. He elevates that cup over his head like it's weightless and, you know, begins crying. And then he basically, right after that, announces his retirement. Uh, NHL great goalie Patrick Waugh, that was his fourth Stanley, two in Montreal, two in Cup. Yeah, that was his fourth Stanley Cup. That would be his last one. And he eventually retired just, just after this as well. And this was a great dynasty of a team. You had Joe Sackick. You had Peter Forsberg. Patrick Waugh in net, you had, you know, Ray Bork on defense. Like this team was unreal. <laughs> like my goodness, uh, enough about hockey. So sudden death, crossface, angle. Oh, my goodness. Uh, mistakes are included, folks, as I don't edit my podcast. I don't know how. I don't have the time. I don't want to. So you listen to my mistakes. Crossface, Benoit wins. My gosh, what a match. This The crowd was hot the whole time, and then we're leading right into another actually fairly entertaining match next. Last man standing, Shane against the Big Show, rematch from Judgment Day 2000, where, well, the roles are reversed. Shane is the face, and Big Show is the heel. So we saw this whole thing, um, you know, which way did he go, which way did he go, uh, Shane comes out to a different rendition of Here Comes the Money. It didn't have the ching, ching, bling, bling, do, do, do. And um, I think their match was actually referenced in the Shane and the Beanstalk book. And of course, you know, that was one that Shane McMahon won thanks to a gimmick cinder block to the big show. And I think after that, he was kind of written off TV. Like he wasn't really seeing that much because he was sent back to OVW to uh, get in better shape. He would return at the Royal Rumble and look mm, about the same. Uh, he, he, he was having his weight issues at the time. And, you know, I can definitely relate to that. Right. So, yep. Shane on the big show. Let me turn my page here. And, of course, you know, my non-detailed notes here. So we had, you know, kendo sticks, hardcore plunder, several chair shots. Uh, Shane breaks out the ether to help uh, subdue the big show and put him to sleep. Uh, you know, Vince comes into the match and gets a, gets a chair in there. Uh, big show hits a super beal, like a super hip toss. It's a final cut. Locks Shane in the torture rack. Out comes Test to hit a big boot on the face of the Big Show to help Shane. We see SummerSlam 99 as reference, and everything comes full circle. Take a shot. We see a keep off sign, LOL. And then, you know, Tess is beating down the Big Show, who is on this uh, platform. And Shane starts climbing the set. Oh, not again, dude. Oh my goodness, We did he do this? No, yeah, he did this at SummerSlam 2000, just a few months previous, where Steve Blackman was chasing him up the, the ladder of the set, and he flew about 10, 20-odd feet off the set into the crash pads below. Same thing, except um, Shane hits a Hail Mary, does a 
you know, a Hail Mary, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and does the flying elbow off that set. And then so, so that Shane would answer the 10 count because this would have been a double count out in the no contest. Shane props up, test props up Shane with the camera crane and Shane McMahon wins. Okay, this match was better than I thought. It was just, it was a spot fest, but it was an entertaining spot fest. And Shane McMahon, you know, tried to draft the big show over to WCW because this was, you know, the genesis of the invasion. Like we thought that, hey, WCW is going to have their own show. They're going to have their own brand. They're going to have their own roster. And it was like, kind of like what Raw and SmackDown became. Like it would have been Raw and Nitro or Nitro and SmackDown or, or something like that or Thunder. <laughs> now, Thunder probably would have been like uh, Shotgun or Jacked. <laughs> so next we had here just a quick triple threat European title match with new champion Matt Hardy defending against Eddie Guerrero and Christian. All of these men were future WWE champs, uh, future Two of these men were future Intercontinental champs. Hang on, though. Matt wasn't a world champ. He was the ECW champ, but still, you, you get it. Each of these men had singles success in their careers. And all I have here is there's a, a baseball slide botch, you know, a the European title being referenced and something about making more money. I mean, undercard title, money, eh, okay. And we see a suplex spot but it ended up being a brain buster to the inside of the ring jeff comes in and hits a swanton on eddie um disqualification heel uh christian eats a twist of fate and matt hardy retains so next up well we're already at the main event we're at the two-man power trip triple h and stone cold steve austin the wwe champion and the intercontinental champion against the tag team champions Kane and The Undertaker, winner takes all. Hmm, so this is where Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Baron Corbin, and Lacey Evans got their got their idea for their match earlier this year. Okay, so Austin's heel turn, which looking back was kind of failed. Like, hey, he hoisted a beer with Vince McMahon at the end of WrestleMania and didn't stun him. It was more confusing than it was, you know, boo-inducing, although he started to get a little bit of heat at this point in time. We saw in the re- in the recap package, you know, JR get beat down, you know, in that, that spot with him, with I think there was like a car window or something kind of related to the hell, to the Taz thing. Like, you know, hey, hey, Steve, Steve, JR is your friend. Open him up. You know, infamous Vince McMahon saying uh, he gets a mixed reaction at best. Of course, we see and hear the version of Steve Austin's theme, Glass Shattered by Disturbed, which was pretty good. You know, I like Disturbed as a band. You know, David Draymond's a great singer. And, you know, he did a very good rendition of, of Steve Austin's theme. And there's a sign in the crowd. Vince's bitch 316. <laughs> uh, you know, American Badass, you know, that whole gimmick that Taker had, it's still kind of strange to me. 
Uh, you know, he comes out, of course, to uh, roll him by Lent Biscuit because you know, he had stopped using or the license expired for Kid Rock by um, Armageddon 2000 when he started using Lint Biscuit for the first time. As he taker breaks out his um, old school rope walk move that still gets a pop and that he can still still do almost 20 years after this. And I got to give him like the biggest of props of being almost 50 or in his fifties and he can still wrestle. But after, you know, he had your hip done, bro. Uh, I think it's time for Taker to be uh, ushered off into the sunset by the fiend or something. So we could see Austin could barely lift Kane for the back suplex. I mean, his knees were given out. His neck was, was effed. I mean, he would retire about a year or two after this. Uh, this is just a total, like, total standard tag match. You know, one guy gets the heat, another guy gets the, the hot tag and working over the heels and blah, blah, blah. Triple H, you know, jumps the top rope for no reason to take a bump. Uh, Earl, Earl Hebner shoves Stephanie. Like, oh, okay. I, I loved that. Kane hits an enziguri, which was impressive for such a big guy. There was a ref bump. Tagger tags in. Hebner tries to stop because it wasn't visual, so it wasn't legal. Nope. We see Taker, you know, corner to corner spot that, uh, you know, Jeff Cobb was looking in, thinking like, oh, okay, I could do that. And, then, of course, he did. I think I took these notes just after the ROH New Japan show. So that was fresh on my mind at the time where Jeff Cobb did all this corner to corner to corner to corner to corner. And it was just, it was whack. And we see a last ride. Taker's not the legal man. What? Um, DQ, read the rules, ref. Uh, so someone else was the legal man. We see a stunner. We see Austin and Taker trying to battle in the crowd. And Kane, big boot Stephanie. Vince McMahon comes in with a hammer. Triple H uses the hammer. And it's the one, two, three. And they win the tag team championship they took all now that's it for backlash 2001 you know this was a very fun show although this the ha this hasn't been fresh on my mind in a few months when i was looking through my notebook i thought i have to review this i have to get this out of the way now before i do my my other stuff and since i was kind of bored today i figured i might as i might as well do it so thank you everybody for listening. Be sure to listen to me on all your major podcasting platforms and as well as PodCoin. And yeah. So what's next for me? Well, this week, later on this week, Nate and I are going to be reviewing the wrestling from this week and as well as talking about a certain nasty who was pulled over in Edmonton, you know, getting a speeding ticket, keeping the gimmick, which I I definitely respect, but also Dissing my home country. Tisk, tisk. No, no, no. I'm going to have to start just saying some absolutely egregious things against her to try to get me blocked. <laughs> so that'll be me on the Game Changer podcast with Nate this week. Uh, I, I got to mention, um, him and I are nominated for Duo of the Year on the Wrestle Hub's Wrestling Podcast Awards. Like, What? I mean, I'm honored, you know, when, when I was nominating people, I, 
didn't feel right nominating myself and him. So I nominated a, uh, a cult, cultaholic podcast, which is the classic raw review of Tom Campbell and Justin Henry, which are good. They definitely get the big shout out here. Uh, but Hey, if you're going through the podcast nominations for duo of the year, why not? Yeah. You can, you can nominate me and Nate on the game changer, but Hey, why stop there? You can nominate us for podcast of the year as well, or even comedy. Anyways, that's those cheap plugs out of the way. I'll be doing that in the coming weeks. I'll be getting my notes ready for the monthly 20 bill salute, October, 1999, a look, a little time capsule look into what was going on in wrestling, TV, video games, movies, TV shows, and my personal life as well. Because I like to open these portals and think about, hey, what was my life like at this point in time? But also, what was yours? I really want to hear about what you guys were doing in 1999, if any of you were even alive. Because <laughs> I know some of you uh, wrestling podcasters are considerably younger than me. Uh, me being in my mid-30s. So, that is it for this one. Thank you very much for listening. I love each and every one of you. God bless you. And have a nice day. <laughs>